video, I thought we would uh, head into uh, really the reason why, uh, well, really the, the center of our Christian faith. Do you realize the center of our Christian faith is actually Jesus and what he did for us? Jesus and what he did for us. It's the cross. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, we were with the family and we were traveling uh, from uh, Melbourne to Brisbane. And, and who does it? Who decides to drive with three kids? Yeah, we do. Uh, who decides to drive with four kids? Yeah, we do. Anyway, but on this trip back, I remember stopping in Port Macquarie. And in Port Macquarie, they have a, um, what do you call it, a lighthouse. And so just to have a break, we decided, you know, to get the kids out of the car. We had the three at this stage, and, and uh, Judah was still in arms. And we decided to go up and, and check out the lighthouse, and check this lighthouse. And, and so we decided to go and have a, a walk through. And, and as we were walking through, because it was um, June, July, the kids had, you know, maybe caught a cold or something, and they were all sneezing. And I remember telling this story a number of years ago, but as we were going around the lighthouse, I remember Maya or Layla just sneezing uncontrollably. You know, those moments where you just got to sneeze. There's just nothing that's going to... Yeah, I remember this time that she was just sneezing, and there were a couple of um, older, mature people there, actually grandparents, uh, up around there taking a walk, looking at the scenery as well. And they heard one of our kids sneezing, and they turned, and the, the gentleman, the, the older guy, he turns to her and goes, you know what, God bless you. And it got me thinking about today's day and age is that most of the times when, you know, kids sneeze or something takes place, we actually just say what? Bless you. And it got me thinking, as soon as I heard those words from that gentleman, it got me to think, have we taken the power out of the blessing by dropping God's name? Have we taken the power of the blessing if we just go, bless you? What does that even mean? What power does that even come with? But all of a sudden, when you add God to the equation, what happens? There is authority. There is strength. There is blessing. And so it got me thinking about the cross. It got me thinking about Christianity. Is that the cross is the centerpiece of our faith. Jesus on the cross, his blood being shed for you and I is the centerpiece, is where the authority comes from our Christian life. My question today is, is, is the cross, is Jesus the centerpiece of your Christian faith? Because if it isn't, it means that we don't walk in authority. We don't walk in purpose. We don't walk in wholeness. Is that you realize his son is the ransom? The occupied cross is us being redeemed from death. The vacant tomb means being that we are set into life. Is it it's out of death and into life, Friday to Sunday, the crucifixion of Christ to the risen Christ. In dying, he broke the curse of sin. In rising, he empowered us. To live. He empowered us to live. In the resurrection came eternal hope for all humanity. And so today I want to have a look at this. Martin Luther King Jr. made this statement. He said, Jesus Christ was an extremist for love, truth, and goodness. When he died on the cross, he was an extremist for those things. Is that the cross 
is an expression of God's love. The cross is an expression of God's love for all humanity. Do you realize that, and, and for some of us, do you realize that there is actually a Christian flag? Has anyone flown that flag lately at home? Back in the day, flags were a big thing. Flags identify who you are. They actually identify what nation you belong to. Is that right now, there is actually a Christian flag. And so you look at the Christian flag, what is one of the prominent things on the flag? It is the cross. The cross that represents God's blood that was shed for you and I. You have another look on there and you see this blue patch, this blue square up to the corner. What does that blue represent? It represents being baptized. Baptized in water. But then the rest of it is white. What, what does that white even mean? That white represents Christ. It symbolizes His purity. You realize in, in hospitals today, or around the world at one time, in hospitals there used to be prayer rooms. But not just prayer rooms, they used to be chapels. You used to walk into them and in those prayer rooms what you would find is you would find an altar and you would find a cross. It used to be the center point of where we were. But now if you go into a hospital or whatever, you will find a what? A prayer room. Is that unfortunately some Christians have actually taken the cross out of their Christianity. You know, no one will disagree with you about Jesus. Is that most people, most of the world, believe that Jesus was a good man. And we're not going to argue with that. He was a good man, wasn't he? Everyone would always say that he was morally right. But when it comes to actually acknowledging the crucified Jesus, a lot of people doubt. And unfortunately, in today's day and age, a lot of Christians actually doubt whether he actually rose again or hung on the cross. And in doing that, you lose the power of your Christianity. His blood being shed on the cross did a number of things for us. The first thing is that it gave us the promise of His Spirit. It gave us the promise of His Spirit. Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For on this tree, on this cross, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through His shedding of His blood, we received the promise of the Spirit. Through His shedding of the blood, we can enter in with boldness. With boldness, we can enter in to the Holy of Holies. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It gives us access. Ephesians 2, 18. For through Him we have both have access by one Spirit to the Father. It gives us peace. Colossians 1, 20. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the Christ. It gives us the ability 
to overcome the enemy. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love him, not love their, own, uh, their lives, but to the death. Do I get that? And they did not love their lives to the death. And the last one, eternal life. John 6, 54, whoever eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Raise him up at the last day. The message of the cross, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 puts it this way. The message of the cross is the foolishness of those who are perishing. But to us who have been saved, it is the power of God. His blood that was shed upon the cross is the power of God. It is the power of God. And so this morning, I, I just want to have a look at two quick benefits that it gives us. The first thing is that it brings redemption to us. It's an act of saving. Or for us, it's being saved from sin. It is being saved from sin. The gospel of Christ. But for few people recognize it that it is the answer to all the world's problems. Do you realize that the cross is the answer to all the world's problems? Foolishness. The cross was an instrument by which God delivers and redeems us from the penalty of sin and from the hand of Satan. Redemption to all who believe. Jesus on the cross as a substitute was made the worst of what we are, made the worst of what we are. When he hung on the cross, he was made the worst of what we are. We were the ones that were supposed to hang on the cross. We were the ones that were supposed to pay. Christianity is the only religion to have at its center event the humiliation of its God. You know, you might think, or you might be unworthy, but God says that you're worth it. So when we look at it, we can't understand. Martin Luther King, no, sorry, Martin Luther called it the great exchange. In other words, he said his perfection for our imperfection, his obedience for our disobedience, his intimacy with God for our distance from God, his blessing for our curse, his life, for our death. That's what the cross represents. That, that's what Jesus did when he hung on the cross. When he came to that moment, the morning the centurion was there overseeing the execution. You know what? He could have punched Jesus. He could have been the one that spat on Jesus. He would have been the one that probably led the men to mock Jesus. He would have been the one to give the order for the nails to be driven into Jesus' hand. But at the foot of the cross, when it was all over, something changed. You know, this man, he, he, was, a, he was a man that commanded over a hundred men. But this day, he was there overseeing the execution of the king of the Jews. And as he had done many times before, had executed many people and probably put many people upon the cross. At this moment, as he oversaw this one, he looked again and realized there was something different. 
And as you start to read through the scripture, at the end of it, he, he looks up. And at the end of the execution, at the end of Jesus, declaring, it is finished, he makes the statement, surely this was the Son of God. I find this an amazing statement. After a man had stood there, after a man had overseen, a man that really at the end of the day had outworked what the mob had wanted, in some ways put Jesus on the cross himself. After Jesus had hung there, redemption still come to him. Because he had come to a place, a point of actually believing that he was the Son of God. Is that there was a statement recorded saying, surely this is the Son of God. Now how many of us right now could honestly say, surely Jesus was the Son of God? Surely. At the cross, we encounter the power of God. We encounter redemption. You might think you're unworthy, but God says, you're worth it. You're worth it. Somewhere along those lines where Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. A seasoned soldier receives redemption. And says, I believe, surely, this is the Son of God. The second benefit is that in receiving redemption, in being redeemed by his blood, by this act, is that we encounter eternal life. We encounter eternal life. John 6, 53 to 55. says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink of his blood, you have no life in you. And whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day for my flesh is true. I, honestly, have you ever thought about reading the Bible every now and then? Like, I always wonder what new Christians or people that have no, uh, no history of church or no history of biblical reference or, or, you know, they just pick up a Bible and they read that statement. Like, honestly, have you ever thought, you know, just, oh, yep, and drink my blood. What cult am I getting into? Like, do you know what I mean? Honestly, you know, for us here, we've got a Christian perspective. For me, I've grown up generations in, you know, family members in church. I, I've heard the Bible inside and out. I, I know where it's coming from. But, but think about the ones that walk through the doors and have act, you know, and I just pull up this scripture. Hey, listen, this is what we... Okay, what did I walk into? I love Layla, like every now and then she opens a Bible at night and she's like, and just reads the scripture. She's like, oh, I was blessed by that scripture. It was amazing. It's what I needed for the day. But even most Christians, no wonder, you know, like, and, and honestly, a lot of people, you know, when they first get saved, they start reading the Bible from Genesis. Like, that's a hard read. 
Like there's murder, there's everything in there. But, but you start to look at this and so within the context of this, like before Jesus even says this, the day before he feeds 5,000 people. The day before he's there on a hill and there's everyone hungry and he says to his disciples, hey, let's feed these guys. They're, they're hungry. They've been listening for me for hours. Let, let's feed them. What have you got to feed them? Oh, you've got a couple of loaves and a few fish. Okay, let's break it out. And they feed 5,000 that day. A miracle. Then after that day, you know what? They're tired. They go, they go home. The disciples get in a boat. They go across the Sea of Galilee. But Jesus goes, you know what? I'll meet you across there. The disciples take, take off in the boat. The next day, they find Jesus waiting for them on the shore miraculously you know there was no doubt that moment that the disciples are like you know what Jesus for king you know his political campaign just took off why because he just fed 5,000 why because miraculously he can teleport across a river like do you know what I mean all of all of a sudden here he is like yay and they're like you know what Rome's finished they were waiting for the Messiah they were waiting for this time where the Messiah will arise and you know defeat all their oppression, get rid of the Roman Empire, we can live victorious. And then he goes and says that, the crazy man. Like, honestly, have you ever thought about it? What are you on, Jesus? You know, for us, we have the benefit that we can read the whole Bible, that we can understand what he's saying, but back then, it was like, you know what, we thought we could do this. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. What does he actually mean? What is he saying? Well, let me give you some clues. Basically, it says, basically, believe in me. How do you labor for food that endures for eternal life? Believe in me. Another statement he makes, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me in faith shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life and will raise him up on the last day. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. In other words, Jesus, what he's saying is saying, for Jesus, eating is believing. Drinking is believing. He promises eternal life to all those who believe. To all those who believe. He promises eternal life. It's for all those that believe that he died upon the cross, that his blood was shed for you and I receive eternal life. We receive a redemption. We are being redeemed by that single act, and we receive eternal life, and life abundantly with Him. John 3, 15 to 17 says that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Eternal life. Eternal life to all who believe. 
believe about his death, that his death, the breaking of his body, the spilling of his blood, pays in full the penalty for our sin and that his perfect righteousness is freely given to us in exchange for our unrighteousness. For our unrighteousness. When he shed his blood on the cross, he did away with an old covenant that required with the requirement for conditional sacrifices of animals. Their blood was never significant to cover the sins of the people, except on a temporal basis. I thank God that we live in a new covenant. The last thing I want to do as a pastor or priest is to do sacrifices. The requirements that they had in the Old Testament. Like, honestly. Like, growing up on the farm, we used to do everything. Someone would say, hey, we've got a sheep for you. We just want to give it to you. We've got some chops for you. Come out and get it. You would rock up and it'd still be running around in the paddock. <laughs> We've got some meat for you. I'm like, honestly, a number of times I did that. I'd rock up with Dad and there it is. I'm like, I don't know whether this is a benefit or I, I'm... Then we would spend like up until 10 o'clock that night hanging it, cutting it, doing everything. Another time I remember Dad had a great idea you know what, we had a whole heap of pigeons in the church. Pigeon pie for the whole church. Country people, honestly. I remember in the backyard, doing the net, doing everything, like everyone had pigeon pies. I, I, I think, you know, the sacrifice. But I, I thank God that I'm not the one that actually has to pay the penalty is that he decided to pay the penalty for us and all we have to do for order for him to substitute for him to tag in is to believe upon him is to actually come to an understanding of what he actually did and and the reason I'm saying this this morning is because for some of us as Christians we've lost the power of the cross We've lost the revelation of what the blood of Christ did for us. Is that we've got a lot of Christians walking around without the power of the blood. We've got a lot of Christians walking around without a revelation of what Christ actually did for us. They, they believe in Jesus, but they actually don't believe in the crucified Jesus. They don't believe in the resurrection Jesus. And when we get a revelation of what he actually did, we can actually enter in to the throne room with boldness, with any request that we have, and knock on the door of heaven and say, you know what, right now, God, by your blood, I need healing. Right now, God, by your blood, I need deliverance. Right now, you know what, my kids need salvation. Right now, God, by your blood, I'm standing upon your word. I'm standing upon what you've said right now. By your blood, I'm declaring peace over my family. brings eternity. A sin against a holy and infinite God required a holy and infinite sacrifice. That's why animals never worked. You had to get a holy and infinite 
sacrifice. Just sacrificing me wouldn't work. Because I'm not whole and infinite. But he, a holy and infinite God, Jesus, paid the price. Paid the price. Jesus came in, the holy and infinite sacrifice. We might be unworthy, but one thing that he said is you're worthy. As soon as he hung on that cross, he said, you know what? You're worthy. One act that covered the multitudes, his arms stretched out. It covered the multitudes, but it was for the individual. It was him looking down and saying, you know what? You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth every moment of me hanging on this cross so that you can connect with my Father. So that you can connect with the Creator. So that I can bring everything into alignment. But all you have to do is believe. Believe I am who I say I am. Believe that I I have died. Believe that I have come to redeem. To bring redemption. And as you start to believe, we can start to step into eternal life and a life abundantly. The benefits available to a believer through the shedding of Jesus' blood on the cross are right there. Peace. The promise of the Spirit. Reconciliation. Healing. Hebrews 10, 19 to 21. And if I get there, it's end up. So friends, we can now without hesitation walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body. Boldness to enter in to the holies of holies. By rejecting Christ and him crucified, is rejecting the only hope for salvation. The only hope for salvation. Today, is the Jesus the centerpiece of your faith? Is the cross, is the resurrection, is the love that he expressed out of and into the centerpiece? The centerpiece. Because when it is, you can walk with authority. When it is, you can walk with power. When it is, people will start to ask you and see you and notice that there is something different about you. And I find this, is that if your gospel isn't touching those around you, then it actually hasn't touched your own heart. It actually hasn't touched your own heart. But when you have a revelation of the gospel and the power of who Christ is, as it touches your heart, as it moves through your life, it'll touch those 